Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk with your uh, host, Aurélien, uh, the Mindful Investor, and I'm with my co-hosts, Darcy and Glenn. And today we will be discussing uh, a questions that the audience could have and uh, we thought it would be a, a relevant one. How do you suggest I find my first rental? So I maybe I could go first. Well, it was how to purchase your first rental or was it how to locate your first rental? How to purchase your first rental. Okay, all right, okay. Just make sure I'm on the right, I'm gonna answer the right question. <laughs> Continue, sorry. <laughs> no trouble. So I think one of the good, one of the, one of the quotes I like about real estate investing, you know, don't wait to buy, buy and wait. So I, I, I really strongly believe it's important to take action. And I see two different scenarios possible. So the first one is uh, you have enough for a down payment and the other one you don't have enough for a down payment. So what I would suggest if you have enough for a down payment, uh, research a market where the numbers make sense with the job and population growth, something we've already discussed in the past. And uh, I would suggest to do the birth strategy, um, buy, uh, rehab, refinance, repeat. And, and slowly grow a portfolio that way. And if you don't have enough of a down payment, I would suggest to sharpen your skills, listen to a lot of podcasts. There are lots of books out there. Educate yourself, uh, look at deals daily, identify a few markets you like, make connections with real estate agents so they include you on their mailing list and network. Network is really key. Your network is your net worth, as some people say. And, and if you don't have the down payment, at least you have something to bring to the table once you've educated yourself, you know a few markets, so that you can find a partner and have something to contribute. And uh, so you can bring sweat equity and this, this knowledge you've acquired. And then you can partner on a deal, you know, using a joint venture agreement or another structure. And then you can get started, do a few deals that way, and then see your capital grow. And then take it from there and then do deals on your own once once you have enough uh, capital raised. So these would be my insights on uh, how to get started. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Glenn, I, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I get this question all the time um, with people who are, you know, just call me out of the blue, um, which try to book a call. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, I do get these random calls and like, what would you do? And what I really think about is, Whenever I started, especially if we're going to go right to the very start, or, well, no, we won't, we're going to skip right to where I was going into the U.S. And my partners, like joint venture partners that have joined me in these things, are miles ahead of where I started. And if I was to do it all again, you know, there's that um, learning curve of, you know, different country, different laws, different corporate structures, different everything. You can always learn this all from this podcast that, by a guy that Canadian investing in the U.S. He teaches all of this stuff for free on this show. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, in all honesty, if you just like those people who are partnered with me are miles ahead. I people are like, what would you do differently if you did it again? I would have bought. I, w I wish I didn't have some of these properties I bought at the start. Um, they they cash flow. They make money. But I could have done so much better. I could have done so much better. And I think by leveraging somebody else who is ahead of me, um, and I'm not suggesting like coming to find me, 
Um, but you, know, you could, but that's not where I'm going with this. It's not a self-promotion. Find someone else who's already doing it. And I would suggest to join with them. I would be so much farther ahead if I didn't have those properties, if I would have done something that had um, a turn to it, like a burr, like Ari was saying, um, or a flip, uh, got my feet wet, learned the thing, learned how to do it all, um, would have got me way farther ahead than making mistakes, grinding through it, trying to create this whole thing myself. I would have been way farther ahead to work with somebody or do work with a coach or work with someone just on their project specifically. That, that's what I would do if I was going to do this all over again to, to start. That's how I would start. Yeah, that's, a, that's I, a good way of looking at it. The question of how would you do it differently if you were to do it all over again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that change yeah. your answer? Or do you have like, have you done it differently? Uh, I'm happy of the way I did it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm looking at the next steps now and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, of starting a fund or something like that. And I think that exa that's exactly what I would do. So invest in someone else's fund, see where that takes me, or see how that looks like, and then, and then do my own, just, just like you exactly. said. Exactly. Well, I wanted to get into the large syndication, right? And I started before I was working with you guys. Um, I wanted to learn how to do this, and I figured the best way to do it was invest in someone else's syndication. You know, I'll see the paperwork. They have lawyers' names on it. There's people who are already like well versed in this business. You get That's to sit nice. through those calls. You get to hear how they explain things. Be on the other side. Get learn what they're telling, what the message they put through, and then you can try to replicate it. And you also have to do a lot of learning, and you have to bring in some other members who are experienced to help you through this. And that's if I want to go to the the bigger next step. That's what I thought of. Right? Let's. You know, let's not start reinventing the wheel again. I've yeah. done that way and it's a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's wisdom in that. Um, uh, my own experience was I started what people listened to earlier podcasts. We bought some single unit uh, condos that were for sale. Um, there's some wisdom in that because they were close. They were only 10 minutes away. I could manage them myself and I could do every part of it. Leasing, repairs, tenant collections, deposits, financing, every part of it. So it was a good apprenticeship. Um, it had a certain amount of risk, uh, more than I acknowledged at the time. You know, I was able to mitigate that risk with my energy, uh, resolve, creativity, but you, you often underrepresent uh, the amount of risk involved in these ventures because you're so sure it's a good deal or you see the money at the end of it, but you don't recognize how much it's really costing. Um, and that's the, some of the real costs are in your time and your uh, what you have at risk in this situation and to your family and people around you. Those things are rarely monetized adequately. Um, I do think Glenn and Ori has some wisdom in uh, partnering with someone else. I met a guy for uh, lunch last week of a Langley area realtor, Tyler. Shout out to Tyler. Thanks for paying for lunch. It was excellent. <laughs> Another sponsorship deal there, Tyler for lunch. Um, yeah. But what he did is he had, and I think it's 10 10 people. So he and nine other guys, when they got out of uh, Trinity Western University, they were a mixed crew of just friends, frat house guys, sort of. Um, and they thought they'd pool a bit of money. And I think they all put in five grand. Like it's not a lot of money. Probably some of them put it on their visa and or student loans. But Tyler was, uh, his dad was a realtor. He put together, as I understand it, the first deal. And over the last eight years, they have carefully curated that initial investment 
into several deals. Uh, a couple of guys have fallen out of, it's all guys, that's why I say guys, but a couple of partners have fallen out of it, lives have changed, or they've taken the money and went, that's good enough for me, I'm good. I got a down payment on my house, I'm out. But their fund is substantial now, and the nine of them that remain, they've replaced one, um, are looking at a 54 unit multi-res apartment building. Two buildings that comprise 54 units on two title properties in BC. It's a substantial purchase. It's discounted because it's in the hinterland, so it's not in a big urban center, but it's full. It makes uh, about around 17% cash yield. That's unbelievable. There's risk attendant with that because it's in a small town, but it's that's a great cash machine. Um, it'll pay down principal. So I like that idea. Had I been able to find someone who could put the deal together for me and make me a full partner, I probably would have done it. I think Glenn's idea there is, is sound. If you partner up, if I were looking locally in my neighborhood, I'd be looking for a ratty fourplex, something that you could put your back into and clean up. Fourplex is big enough that you can do all this, all the jobs would be done on weekends by yourself or by reasonable people. You wouldn't have to be on uh, scaffolding or cherry pickers or zoom booms or anything like that. You can work off it with a ladder. It's going to have a pitched roof. It's going to have simple furnaces, simple heating. But a fourplex yields, you know, one vacancy is only 25% vacant. That means you can cover your mortgage. Yeah. I'd be looking for something like that. I'd find a family member, someone you trust, partner up and do it. That would be my first deal if I were smart. I'm not. So I did other things and made it right by my energy. But, you know, that would be my best advice. If I could find a fourplex or, you know, the deal that's right in front of you is your basement suite. This is why I tell all my nephews and nieces, your first deal should be your house. You should house yourself, take care of your family. And your second deal should be putting a secondary suite into your primary house. You want to deal with tenants? Have one right downstairs. That'll challenge all you believe about tenants. You know who's going to be the best tenant is yourself. Absolutely. You're going to be quiet upstairs and you'll you'll stop your kids from riding the tricycle in the kitchen because you don't want to lose 900 a month downstairs. Now you'll understand what it's like to live with people in the community. If you grow up in a single family tract home out in Mississauga, you don't know what it's like to live with people right cheek to jowl. You've never experienced it, but you'll now understand your property managers when they're talking about, he said, she said about noise and parking and toys and garbage and all these other stressors. Um, I mean, that's probably your, your second deal. Your first is your own house. Your second is a secondary suite. Your third is a fourplex with your brother. Um, and that's a natural progression. So um, you're, you're saying like partner up with like, cause this one, um, the key to that, that story you told was that there was someone that was experienced as part of this. Yep. Right? He's a realtor and his dad's a realtor. They understood the game. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you said just partner up with your brother. Your brother may not know anything about anything. No, I got lucky. My brother's really smart and he's willing to follow me into hell. But, you know, if your brother's an idiot, don't partner with an idiot. Don't do that. You know, your sister, you know, someone, someone you trust, someone who's got high integrity, who's smart and adaptable and compassionate. And Um, also who who has a bit of an entrepreneurial uh, vibe to themselves because very often, you know, some people share, you know, with their family that they want to invest in real estate and then yep. or they want to start a company and then their family members come up with a, that or that, or this or that horror story to, yep. to try and, uh, uh, the, which they used as excuses not to get into it. Absolutely. That's always a challenge, you know, educating your partner's spouse because everybody has a different level of risk tolerance. So that partnership is pretty critical because, you know, there's no easy exit out of real estate. 
I mean, maybe in a super hot market, you could sell single family homes or condos. But the reality is selling a fourplex is going to take you half a year at best. Selling, you know, 30 suites, year and a half. You know, there's no quick exit. It's the only people who can afford a $3 million building are a handful of wealthy business owners, syndicates, and REITs. So your exit strategy to getting out of 30 to 50 units is a year and a half, two years. And you've got to get it ready. You've got to get your documentation ready. Um, your building's got to be ready. It's not like you go on the weekend and plant some geraniums out front and sweep the lock. I mean, you're, you're massaging your rent roll. You're getting rid of the deadbeats on it. Um, there's a lot of work there. You're cleaning up your stuff. You're making decisions on capitalized repairs or what's repairs and maintenance because they all are critical to the sale. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll jump in here. Like, also, I've had uh, good experiences investing with my family. Um, it has worked out well. Um, but if just from doing joint ventures and other things, um, I didn't do paperwork, but it all worked out. But I would suggest to do as much paperwork as you can for anything you're working on. Um, because people will misremember that you wanted that extra 20000 that was sitting in the bank account to do the roof in three years. Um, and they'll want to pull it out. Um, they'll, they'll just misremember all kinds of things. So try to lay out what the plan is, what mm. the refinance is, what the sale is, how long the contract's going to go for, how this whole deal is planning out, and what the backup plans are if these things aren't going to go the way they go. What happens if you don't get the appraisal you're going to get? What happens if things don't go? And so that, because especially if you're dealing with family, families. Family is your, your world. You don't want to mess with your family. Yep. So um, make sure it's laid out so that there's no one can, it's just everyone understands. Everyone understands what the plan is. Yes, make sure have those initial conversations to set up, set the expectations so that everybody stands on the, on the same level. And um, in terms of, you know, starting small, because I, I love a story where the person started really small and out of nothing and, you know, became something and made something out of nothing. That, to me, that's really fascinating. And in terms of strategy, you know, you can do some house hacking and uh, house hacking is a mm. good way to, uh, to, to start out. Uh, basically, you, you can rent and then sublet or you can buy and then rent out the, the different sections of the different bedrooms inside one house. And that way, uh, you know, that's, that could be your first property, especially if you're not married, you know, you're at the beginning of your, of your life or uh, you're single, you know, it's very easy to, to, to get, it can be a, a good way to get started. Mm -hmm. Yep. And with, with house hacking, like I didn't necessarily start really with house hacking, but I bought a house and I put roommates in, um, which would pay for life, right? Um, and you can look at that whatever way you want. Some people will just charge. There's three of us. We'll divide everything by three. But you can also make this a business, just like everything else, right? You could, uh, you know, you could have them paying off your mortgage for you, right? You could make it so you have some extra cash in order to do what you want. Um, and yeah, house hacking is an incredible way if you can buy a triplex or a fourplex or a duplex and have them pay a lot of your rent because you essentially will be more wealthy because you have more money every month um, because they ideally uh, will pay for the whole thing. If you, just like Darcy was saying, with you had three out of four, it'll pay for the whole thing. If you're the fourth, you're like, you could live there for free. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if someone went vacant, okay, I have to start paying rent. 
to myself for a few months to until we find someone else to go back in. But you know, that's a much better strategy than you know, buying your own. But you know, like Darcy said, worry about yourself first. Get your principal residence. Get something before you go do the, the rental. Because and I, I agree because the best tenant's going to be you. You're going to pay on time. It's it's all you. You know, and it's so much easier to work with yourself with everything. I do know of guys that have rented because it's cheap. It's cheaper than owning. And they pour all their money into their first purchases, uh, which is super disciplined. If you can do that, but most people spend their money. They spend what's in the rest of the account and they limp into the 30th or 31st with fumes in their account. It's uh, the rare person that can really save. And you don't have to say my brother and his wife and my sister as well are great savers. They're able to put a lot of money aside. So when not like a lot of piles of yeah. gold or something, but they were <laughs> extraordinary savers. And when it came time for us to uh, partner together, um, they were all cash. They weren't using money credit. They were that good as savers. Uh, that makes a huge difference because there's a whole lot less pressure. They, they're not paying down on the line of credit. Your partners have free cash. That's extraordinary because they're more patient. I don't know if we're going to cover that some other week, but that is that could I could talk about that for a whole week. I have several people who I know who have went through and uh, they rent, but they own a whole bunch of rental properties, and there is yeah. a whole reason why to do that as well. We should talk about that because that's my my you know Glenn's in the middle of moving right now, and it made me think of it. My next move will be into a rental. Mm. I will go back to being a tenant. See, yeah. yeah. That could be. A, we'll add it to the list of topics. <laughs> that's absolutely. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed preparing it. And uh, if, you are, if you want us to uh, answer a question like we did today, we could answer your question. So you could email us at, you can email us your question at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. That's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. And we'll be pleased to answer it. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, everyone.